This is Robert Merglacci, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to this week in Canadian Ed Tech Mindshare TV podcast, very special edition in honor of International Women's Week. I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment. Special guest, Olympian turned EdTech entrepreneur, Julia Rivard, who is the co-founder and CEO of Shoelace Learning, builders of Dreamscape EDU. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Robert. Uh, Great to be here. And uh, happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Yeah. Should be wearing purple. <laughs> and uh, absolutely, we love purple uh, <laughs> here at the Mindshare. Uh, but uh, last but not least, you're you're my uh, final podcast of the week and, uh, and the most important one in my book. So uh, thank you for joining me today. A little bit about Julia. She, uh, Julia... Rivard Dexter is an innovative tech entrepreneur. Julia is also a former Olympian, competed in the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia, as a member of the Canadian canoe kayak team. She has led several successful technology ventures, including a CEO of sheepdoginc.ca, Google's first North American premier app partner. Julia is also uh, Venture is a co-founder and CEO of Squiggle Park, which aims to improve literacy uh, rates for children worldwide. Squiggle Park was chosen as Google uh, for Entrepreneurs Company. She launched uh, in 2016. Squiggle Park has grown to over 12,000 schools, and that was a successful exit, I believe, for Julia. Her, for her volunteer work, Julia is honored with the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal in 2014, and the same year she was runner-up for the ENY Entrepreneur of the Year in 2015. Julia was honored with the BMO Global Growth Innovation Award in 2018, was recognized as one of Canada's most inspiring 50 women in STEM, presented by the Embassy of the Kingdom of the Netherlands in Canada with the support of the Senate of Canada. And aside from doing the work she does, helping kids be motivated to learn. She spends time, all her extra time with her four super cool kids and her husband. And most recently, Julie won uh, an FETC startup challenge that I was honored to be at in uh, New Orleans. And thank you again for this uh, honor for me to have you on our show this morning, Julia. Oh, Robert, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I... You know, reading that bio, I just, you know, I think back to my experience in, in, in elite sport, playing hockey and as sport information director and being surrounded by excellence. Excellence begets excellence. Yeah. And, um, and the leadership and the skills that you garnered. Talk to me a little bit about that, what you took into, uh, into you know the real world if you will after post olympics what was it like being part of the olympics first of all yeah well well even stepping back you know what you said is so yeah. true you know excellence breeds excellence and i think i was just so lucky when i was really young to be in an environment you know northern ontario you wouldn't think would be a place where you breed olympic excellence necessarily <laughs> um but i was inspired by by an olympian at the time alex bowman and he was so close you know just in the town over so you know right. when you have these examples of people who are just next door who've been able to achieve on the global stage and really win on the global stage you you feel like it's so possible so 
super lucky when I was young to have that experience and and then carried it through to my own kind of goals to make the Olympic Games and uh, lucky to do that in in Sydney, Australia. Um, the I think for me, the 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 big outcome that I've kind of taken away from that was the fact that when you do get there and you look around at the athletes that you're competing against, you realize that we're all just human and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other. Um, whereas you think before you get there that these are superhumans, you know, they've done something just absolutely incredible. And yeah, it just makes you think that anything's possible. And I think that I've brought that into my, into my goals in business and our vision to really achieve and win on the world stage with what we're doing at Shoelace. Amazing. And as you pivoted from your career as an athlete, mm-hmm. it wasn't a direct path and, and you came up against some roadblocks, uh, that inspired entrepreneurship. Talk to us a little bit about that story. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever, I definitely did not plan to be an entrepreneur. Definitely not a tech entrepreneur. And then one in ed tech, forget it. <laughs> not, <laughs> never. Um, I, I had graduated from university. I went to the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design and I wanted to be a painter first. I wasn't a great painter. So I went into graphic design. And you know, Robert, I applied when I graduated, I would have worked for free. And I had the Olympic experience right. behind me, but no work experience and no one would hire me. And so out of desperation as a young mom, you know, with with three young kids, I just decided I was going to sell my wares as a graphic designer. And that's how I started my first business. And it went from there. Um, yeah, I never would have expected it. But uh, but I'm so glad this is a path that, that I've taken. Amazing. And fast forward to today. Google doesn't hire based on your academic credentials. It's really about skills. So the skills that you had, you were you were just ahead of your time, perhaps. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, maybe being naive is kind of good sometimes. You know, you just kind of leap in and and give it your best. Uh, I've been really lucky along the way. You know, back to this idea of you know success breeds success. I've been both both lucky and strategic in bringing people onto my teams who are the best of the best, you know, really not, not limiting myself to who's in my immediate pool to, you know, to who I can work with and really reaching out to others that I respect like you, Robert, and, uh, and finding people that I can, can yeah. work with to try to even to get to a much higher level. Cause we definitely can't do it on our own. Right. So I think that's been part of the, the way I've been able to, to, to find some success. Yeah. Well, it really does take a village uh, to raise a child in the 21st century. And I like to now call it a, a digital village, if you will. And um, and so you've embraced this notion of uh, online learning and, and, and inspire. I'll share my screen uh, and you can give us a little bit of a dive into uh, what we're uh, going to share here. Great. So shoelace learning is kind of the culmination of, you know, thinking that started, you know, lots of thinking that started back in 2014 when my son Max was really struggling with reading. And I realized, you know, I spent some time in the schools, quite a bit of time, and I realized how really poor the technology was at the time at at engaging kids in their learning and i thought we can do better you know we can we can find ways to build technology for kids that both helps them master their their learning but also does it in a way that that makes them want to play what makes them want to engage we started as you mentioned with squiggle park but then in 2019 we launched shoelace learning um 
whereas Squiggle Park was focused on early reading, learn to read, Shoelace is doing something else. It's focusing on building um, deeply complex comprehension skills. You know, the ability not only to comprehend right. kind of basic reading, but then to take that information and synthesize it, analyze it, use it to predict, use it to do critical thinking. And you know, a huge percent of our kids right now are graduating without strong critical thinking skills. And you can see that, right? I have kids Indeed. now in university and they'll take what they get from ChatGPT. They'll take what they get from the internet and they'll say, oh, that, that's the answer, mom. <laughs> and without really kind of being for the, their instinct isn't to be critical thinkers. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that kids have all of the skills to be critical thinkers um, and, and different perspectives, different points of view so that they have broadened thinking when they go into problems in the future. And what makes it unique is that we're delivering all of our learning through hyper-engaging games that kids play. Um, so we've built a, a mobile game called Dreamscape um, that kids kids absolutely love. And as they play, they encounter triggers that force them back into the learning. Uh, and through this, we've found that kids are, are engaging in their learning about six times more than other technologies that they use for, for learning in the classroom. So it's been a great success so far. And then we plan to expand this in the next couple of years in some really interesting ways. Well, congratulations. And congratulations on your recent selection uh, in the ASU GSV competition uh, is is if am I mistaken or not that it's a is a million dollars up for grabs? It's a, a big million. number. It's a big number. It's a million dollars up for grabs. Even well, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't say more importantly because we all know as kind of startup right. founders how important cash is. But um, but I've watched this conference since 2016, and I've adm admired what Deborah Quazo has done in her group at ASU GSV, and I've really respected this conference deeply. To be on the stage kind of at the ASU GSV competing with a group of global um, ed tech startups that are just fantastic, you know, selected from a pool of, of a thousand and to get down to the top 20, this makes me kind of, it, it makes me think of my Olympic experience and kind of, you know, yeah. I've wanted to get here again. Now we're not there yet, right. but you know, it's a step in the right direction. and to expose the world to what we're doing at Shoelace is really exciting for me. And it, it feels and, great. And, and there's nothing wrong with that nervous energy, right? <laughs> it's about, I, you know, I still get butterflies when I, when I play hockey, my beer league hockey, and, you know, it's channeling that nervous energy into a positive or when I'm presenting, yeah. um, even doing podcasts, you know, I, I have a little nervous energy and you channel that and, and there's something to be said about that and storytelling. Talk to yeah. me about the importance of storytelling and putting yourself out there, whether you're a teacher or a student. Oh, my gosh. Storytelling, I think, is core to everything we do as humans. You know, if we want people to engage in what we believe is important, we need to be able to tell that story in a way that's engaging, very much like how we deliver our education in a way that's engaging. You know, it's 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 ridiculous to think that you can share something without a strong story and to think people are going to pick that up. So it's been core to how we've been building our company. Um, and uh, it, I hope at the conference, I can share a really fantastic story that people on where people understand kind of deeply what we're trying to do. Talk to me about uh, the growth mindset, because you clearly have that baked in to your DNA. And Dr. Steve Jordans, who also has his own ed tech from U of T, a psychologist, talks about the growth mindset as a skill. Is it a skill? 
Yeah, I think it is a skill. And again, I, I just am so thankful that I gained that early, early in life. Like, you know, we're, we're talking a bit about sports here, but without sports, I don't think I would have had, I don't think I would have developed the same growth mindset. It's, it's one of those things we can do for our kids when they're really young that gives them the opportunity to fail in a super safe environment, right? You, or right. You, lose, you lose and you expect to lose. You're going to lose more than you win. And so when you win, it's great. And you always are trying to achieve that again and again, knowing you're going to have failures or losses along the way. And, and it just gives you this sense of, well, it's just part of the part of the game. You know, you, you, you can't win all the time. And so you just have to pick yourself back up and try a little bit harder, try better. And, and you get there. So it, it's been baked in me as a skill for sure. But from the time I was young, and I've definitely leveraged that resilience, you know, met time and time again, as I've built businesses. You know, one of the quotes, thank you for that. One of the quotes that I recently shared in one of our reports comes to mind uh, from uh, Nelson Mandela. And it goes like this. I never lose. I always win or I learn. Yes. How important is that for kids and, and parents? As a coach, I always suggested when we didn't have winning teams that you learn more from losing than winning but they well, didn't always yeah. embrace it but it's true it's so true and and I, although i would never want to argue with nelson mandela you do lose <laughs> you do lose it's just that you learn to not want to lose so you have to learn you know you, right. you have to take what you can from it to try to do better um and that is a growth mindset right and and i think that the, everything i've done in life has built on the the past the past experiences so nothing feels like a loss really because it's that toolkit from which i draw now to 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 be able to succeed in, in new things um yeah very lucky to, to have that background absolutely this morning i was i do a lot of reading in the morning to garner some insight around you know our reports and trends and stay at the top of our game and i was reading about a report that was done by one of the national teacher associations in the u.s that 90 percent of teachers are reporting burnout hmm. talk to me about the importance of balance i think we we strive to do that here uh how do you achieve balance because you've got a very full overfilling plate in some in many respects yeah i you know it's funny because i think you can take on a super full plate probably more full than people think as long as you are hyper aware of when you are starting to to feel like you need to spend those moments for yourself, whether it be like, I'm a big fan of moving, physically moving. Mm -hmm. I think your body needs to move. And so sometimes when I'm feeling frustrated, I'll just get up and go for a walk, you know, and, and just clear my head. Um, the same thing with rest, sleep. Oh my gosh, I, I, I could sleep my life away if somebody let <laughs> me, I think. Um, so getting lots and lots of sleep and, and those two things for me, allow me to take on I, I think what people think is so much more I think we all take on a lot I think some people don't take take those moments to realize okay what I need right now is just something that's going to keep me healthy whatever that is and well said um, yeah and and then we can take on a lot as humans we we've we've proven we're able and we're able to do that yeah well with spring break upon us in many regions in Canada I think it's a great opportunity to kind of disconnect and, and reconnect yeah. with family and friends and, and get outdoors. Get uh, yeah. <laughs> talk to sure. me about the outdoors. I mean, you know, uh, you I love it. Kayaker. 
Yeah, well, the water, I've, I think I've spent half my life in the water um, and I, I love it. It's kind of a happy place for me. But just even every morning, every morning I go for a walk for about an hour at, at 530 in the morning. And and uh, that sets my day up to be super successful. I'll be spending next week up at the uh, ski hill in Nova Scotia at Wentworth, you know, nice. working, but then sneaking out to, to get a run in. Yeah. Or two. And, uh, it, you know, it just it, it hypes up your efficiency when you have that you know, that balance in your life, you come back to your desk and you can just be so much more productive. And, and, and that's one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur as I am as well, that you control your schedule. And the most precious thing we have in our lives is time to make yeah. the best use of our time and how we want to spend it. And, you know, with, uh, with the re remote work uh, trend that's emerged yeah. um, and hybrid work, I mean, we get new people coming here every day because they can't work at home, but it, you know, my daughter's, you know, going to be joining us in Arizona next week. And, right. and she's, you know, a remote worker. So she's yeah, making her way down it. to Sedona with us. So, mm -hmm. you know, she's pretty lucky to tag along and, and I will have my computer with me. So it's, it's, uh, you really weave it in and make it, make it work for yourself. And, and when you're passionate about something as, as you are, it doesn't feel like work, does it? No, not at all. You know, I, I had many people ask me why I was getting into education technology when when I first started. You know, they a lot of head shaking, like, oh, what a hard industry. You know, why are you doing this? Um, and I don't think I really understood. I knew nothing about ed tech when I started, and and it has been hard. There's been moments where I've just thought, geez, this industry moves slowly. It's hard to innovate. Um, but at the end of the day. I'm so proud of what we've built and I'm so proud to be helping these kids. It's just, it, it really fuels my fire to hear from teachers about how much we're helping. And, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what you build, if you can look back and be, and feel good about it, like it, that just makes you want to keep pushing, right? Like even on the hard days, it's, I know that we're doing something really special. So I, yeah, I feel like I'm so lucky to be in a space like that. And I think anyone who finds themselves in, itself in a place where they feel like they're really contributing to something great. Yeah, that's a gift. It's a real gift. Well, with that, thank you so much for your time, uh, Julia, and uh, providing us with inspiration on this, the final day of International Women's Week, as we've called it, because every day should be International Women's Day in my books. Well, it is for me. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. That was Julia Rivard, the co-founder and CEO of Shoelace Learning. Good luck at the ASU GSB Cup uh, down in San Diego in a few weeks. My name is Robert Merlacci, the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.